Welcome, everyone, to the Ottawa Business Podcast. I'm your host, Paul Pagioni. Here on the show, we bring you interviews with business owners, executives, and key players operating in and around the Ottawa, Ontario, Canada region. We grab their insights on business, marketing, leadership, and motivation. We hope you'll tune in. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Ottawa Business Podcast. I'm your host, Paul Pagioni. As we're recording this in March 2021, it is Pharmacy Appreciation Month. As a result, we have reached out to Todd Richardson, the pharmacist and owner of the Metcalf Pharmacy. We're going to be discussing all things pharmacy-related, his journey to becoming a owner of a local pharmacy, We're going to get his insights on business for those business owners out there looking to grow their business. And we're also going to touch on the latest updates when it comes to the COVID-19 vaccine. You're going to want to tune in to this episode. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Ottawa Business Podcast. I'm your host, Paul Pagioni. We've got a very special guest on the show here today. Um, As we're recording this, it is uh, Pharmacy Appreciation Month here in the month of March as we close out March 2021. Uh, Generally, it's uh, Pharmacy Awareness Month, but with everything uh, that the world's gone through in 2020 here, it uh, for this year, very, uh, very nice to see it's been changed to Pharmacy Appreciation Month. And we're very honored here today to have as our guest, uh, Todd Richardson the pharmacist and owner of the Metcalf Pharmacy. Todd, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me, Paul. Todd, maybe we can start off um, with a little bit of your background. Uh, being out here in Metcalf, I'm very fortunate to uh, to have gone into the pharmacy and used many of the uh, of the services there and gotten to know you, uh, which has been which has been awesome. Um, but maybe you can, you know, bring the audience sort of full circle here and, and, and maybe we can start off with your roots. Where, whereabouts are you from Todd? Yes, of course. So I was born in, uh, Sarnia, Ontario and grew up in Wyoming, Ontario. So, you know, as the crow flies from Metcalf, it would be about seven hours and 15 minutes, uh, Southwest. Okay. Uh, about an hour west of London. Uh, okay. Small town, small town. So you know a lot of the same sort of dynamic as a town like Metcalf. Um, you know where a lot of people get to know their neighbors, and it's a very friendly and a nice environment to grow up in. Yeah. Um, I have a younger sister, uh, two years younger. Uh, okay. Her name is Kaylin. She still lives just outside of my hometown. So. She stayed close by and I moved eight hours away. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And is, is London, is London the biggest, the, the biggest city that closest to you guys after that? Yeah. So Sarnia would be about 20, 25 minutes okay. from Wyoming. So if you needed to get anything, Sarnia is about 70,000 people. London yeah. would be an hour East and it's, yeah. grow, it's growing leaps and bounds. It's about a half a million. So half the size of Ottawa. Okay. Um, okay. 
but yeah, it would have everything you would need. We we would go kind of between, you know, the two places as kids, if we needed anything, you know, more than just your typical small town, like any grocery items and that sort of thing we could get close by. But yeah, yeah. For, for any extended shopping or shopping malls, you'd either go to Sarnia or, or London. Okay. okay. So you're the you're the oldest in of the of the two of you. What was that like? Was there a little more pressure to? Ah, uh, there was never really any pressure no. at all. I don't know if I think that's actually kind of what you know maybe molded me to to pursue, I guess, the career that uh, that I've been able to would be, you know, I always managed to get my homework done. I think I needed maybe a little poking and prodding from <laughs> my parents at times as many kids would, but yeah, you know, I, I did enjoy, enjoy the outdoors, you know, whether it's playing street hockey or park across the street. Yeah. Uh, home run derbies with friends, yeah, yeah. that sort of thing, which would kind of pre- preoccupy my time and keep me from my homework. But okay. You know, my, yeah, my sister being two years younger, I mean, we were quite close okay. uh, growing up. And, um, you know, we still stay, we still stay close, you know, with FaceTime and whatnot. Thankfully we've got that, especially yeah. during this time, but, uh, yeah, no, it was good. We had family close by too, which, you know, my grandparents were both within, I'd say a half hour, uh, from where I grew up. So, you know, that, uh, in a way, you know, it, uh, helped really mold my, upbringing okay okay would would you say you had dreams of uh of playing in major in the major leagues in baseball or <laughs> you know at one point in time that was probably the case you know if yeah. you think of if i think back to you know 12 13 14 you know you're starting to get to that age where you know you're you're growing and you're getting into more competitive yeah. baseball yeah um I spent a lot of years playing in Wyoming minor baseball, uh, which has a very strong program for a town of 2000 people. Okay. Um, they've now changed their name to the Wyoming Wranglers, but we were just Wyoming back in that day. We didn't have any fancy team name or yeah, team yeah. logo, but they've graduated from the simple name. Okay. And then when I was 15, uh, turning 16, I went to play in Sarnia. Oh, nice! Um, at that age level, our town didn't actually have the the numbers to put put a team together. So, I played three seasons of about ninety games a summer. Wow! In uh, yeah, in Sarnia. Uh, luckily, oh, that's a parents, lot of baseball. Yeah, my parents did make a lot of those games, much to my sister's chagrin. But um, <laughs> you know, she didn't want to have to go to all of them. <laughs> but uh you know they were all very supportive of me yeah. and you know my three years there i mean you build relationships with your teammates and it does teach you a thing or two about teamwork and working together and you know a lot yeah. of those skills do tra- are transferable to even my work today and you know in the pharmacy setting working together working as yeah, a well team said. you know having respect for one another and whatnot so yeah yeah. Um, what we even what went, position we, were you? So that's a, <laughs> that's a good question. So I did float a little bit. I was maybe more of your utility player, but I did start at second base and did some pitching. Okay. And then um, by third year, I was the center fielder. 
and played a lot of the outfield. Um, and I think my batting average in my last year was about three, just over 300, 333. Wow, good for you. I think even. Uh, it's never been that good since. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and nor nor was it that good probably up to that point. But we did, we were on the field like six days a week, if not seven days a week between games and practices. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, you put your time and effort into something. And, yeah, you know, a, a lot of that you have, you know, the coaches to thank and your parents to thank. And, you know, you do think back on that and, you know, you do, you kind of take it for granted at the time, perhaps being 17 or 18 years old, but, you know, they really do sacrifice a lot for you to be able to play at that high level. Yeah. Yeah. And did you, did you guys win any championships or go to the championship at all? Or. So we did in, uh, in my first year, uh, when I was 16, we won the Ontario Championship. Uh, we beat uh, Barry. Okay. In the in the final uh, game, we had we actually had to I think beat them twice if I'm not mistaken because of the double knockout. And okay. They had no they had no losses going into the finals, so um, we beat them twice. I was I pitched four innings in the in the final game in relief. Oh, good for you. Good for you. Yeah. And at 16. So I was the, one of the younger players on the team. And um, again, my pitching for those three years, it was, it was quite refined because of all the practice, but it's yeah. never been as good since. <laughs> so, but uh, yeah, no, like I um, pitched the four innings, you know, we got to be on the field when we made the final out. Um, you know, it is an experience I'll never forget. It's not yeah. something I've even talked much about. It's kind of nostalgic thinking back on that because that was quite some time ago now. That was 2003. Yeah. And um, yeah, I mean, winning that together and having that team camaraderie. Yeah. yeah it does. It does shape kind of who yeah, you awesome. are. It gives you a bit of confidence as a, as a young person, you know, like heading out of that into your schooling, which, you know, going to Western and, leading up into that you know it certainly yeah. did provide a lot of you know skills that i could rely on that would kind of take me into success successful uh undergraduate degree yeah. and then onward from that so, it, it, it went when you're growing up uh todd did you have did, like did you have a favorite player or a favorite team in baseball that you're following or are emulating i'd probably cheer for anybody but the yankees <laughs> which I know, which I know, which I know is your favorite team. I so. knew you were going to say that, <laughs> <laughs> but no, I probably cheered for uh, the Toronto Blue Jays. Uh, okay. I was a little young, what, 92, 93. I don't really remember much from that, but okay. You know, I do have the like a like a flag from '92 World yeah. Series that I had in yeah. my room, uh, in the years after that. Yeah, And, you know, being so close to Detroit and Sarnia, we did actually go to some Tigers games. Um, okay. And it's a bit of a split population in Lantham County because you're either, you're either a Leaf fan or a Red Wings fan. You're okay. Either a Tiger, you're either a Tiger fan or a Blue Jay fan. Yeah. And it's kind of split right down the middle, but okay. you know, there's, there's nothing like going to a game at Comerica Park uh, it's an outdoor venue 
yeah. you know, no, no knock against the Sky Dome now Rogers Center, but you yeah. know, it's uh, it's just a different atmosphere. Okay. Did did you like? Were you a Verlander fan or? Uh, Verlander, yeah, certainly. Like he, um, you know, being a pitcher and having, yeah, had had that uh, experience myself. Yeah, I mean, certainly looking up to him, uh, Roy Halladay. Um, you know, you just look up to those guys and think maybe you could throw like them one day, but yeah, you know, yeah. I, at at the time, five ten, one hundred and sixty five pounds. I wasn't uh, <laughs> I wasn't throwing bullets, but you know, I at at top speed maybe seventy five okay. miles an hour. Okay, pushing pushing close to eighty, and then some of the better pitchers growing up would be, you know, if I'm in the batter's box, they're probably throwing eighty eighty five. Yeah. Um, wow. Wow. Couple people maybe pre- push ninety, but. Yeah, you're doing a lot of you're doing a lot of swinging and missing and in, in the uh, batter's box when that's <laughs> when that's the case. <laughs> so, so tell me about tell me about high school. So so Todd's playing baseball in your high school. Like were you were you sort of the jock in high school or obviously uh, not? Yeah, so not no. so much actually. No. Like I I was probably you know, kind of somewhere in the middle. I did have a lot of my friends growing up would have played probably more hockey than baseball. And that was something that, you know, I played till I was about 12 hockey. Yeah. Yeah. Um, house league, which, you know, it was a lot of fun. Um, but as far as going into high school, like, you know, a lot of my friends maybe played on the football team or okay. the, the hockey team. And, you know, I was more, not to the bookworm bookworm uh extent but right you know enough enough focused on my studies that uh yeah i always did well but had a good balance of also having that outdoor activity whether it was you know playing baseball or street hockey or roller yeah. hockey there was a court uptown for that and okay you know, the small the small towns are good for that kind of thing you can get outside and get around and yeah enjoy the fresh air but uh so then you then you you're uh, following high school you go to the university is the university of western first yeah so university of western ontario which they've now changed to western university okay but that's but but that's a uh, you know anybody that really graduated around my uh cohort would have would call it university of western ontario okay so I was there for four years okay, uh, and a partial year, actually, because I had to get a couple extra courses for Waterloo. Okay. Uh, as prerequisites. So yeah, yeah four years, four years at Western and, you know, lots of time, lots of great times there. Uh, you know, you get to meet a lot of interesting people that have now headed off into different parts of whether it's Ontario or across Canada or even in right. the States. Right. Um, but yeah, a lot of fond memories there. Uh, some good balance of getting, getting out, even if it's to like the new facility they had there for, uh, the, like the new gym or catching the odd football game. They really had a good football program. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Years that I was there, it was always okay. either them and Ottawa U or them and McMaster. Yeah. Um, 
and yeah, they went to the Yates Cup a couple times. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I really enjoyed that. It wasn't too far from where I was living at the time and whatnot, and it got a good chance to get out of your mode of being focused on your studies and getting out and having something to enjoy. Yeah. And then, and then you finished at, what did you study at, uh, at Western Todd? So I did a double major in, uh, pharmacology and biology. Uh, I didn't okay. start out as, it didn't start out as that. And that's actually okay. like a, a, that's a piece of advice. I try to, you know, when I see young, younger people today, students, yeah, you know, going, going through a program, it can be a lot of pressure that you've got to figure it out all at once. And yeah, you know, ha have everything, have your path like paved out when really you, you don't. Um, yeah. I made a bit, I made a bit of a pivot after my first year. Um, I thought for sure in the second year I was going to do chemistry as a major. Oh, okay. Uh, chem chemistry and uh, pharmacology. Okay. Um, I quickly learned in uh, first semester of second year. Yeah. That having four to five courses be chemistry was really not something I wanted to entertain <laughs> moving forward. Okay. You know, I love chem I love chemistry, periodic table, whatever you whatever yeah. you're gonna look at for as far as that is concerned. But to have it all the time, it just wasn't sitting well with me. So I pivoted to biology okay. and pharmacology. And so I completed my degree with those two majors. Okay. Um, you know, and so I tell people today, like, you know, you're in first year, you'd like to have everything figured out, but there is always a way of having things work out. It's just, you got to kind of follow what your gut tells you. And if you're not really enjoying the extent of something like that, like it was inorganic, organic, analytical chemistry, biochemistry. So, okay. you know, it was just, it was something where I had to make a change on it and I'm glad that I did. Um, and I often tell people that today, you know, it's, there are ways of adapting what path you take. Um, and you just got to kind of follow what makes you happy. I see. I see. Yeah. 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 That's, that's well said. Yeah. That's well said. Well, and then, so Western's you you graduate Western. And then you went to Waterloo. So graduated Western. And then yep. on in the middle of June 2010, I got my acceptance from Waterloo. And I started that in January of 2011. Okay. And so that would made the move to Kitchener because the pharmacy school is at King and Victoria in Kitchener. Technically, it's, you know, about two or three minutes from the waterloo border but they're basically the same city yeah um, i'm not sure anybody from from kitchener would want to hear that or from waterloo would want to hear that but it is the case yeah yeah <laughs> and uh even cambridge now is re really they're kind of like the tri-cities where you know they're all kind of connected to each other but yeah four years there and uh you know the pharmacy school at that point we were the fourth class um since the the start of the school okay so the school the school would have started uh, a few years ahead of that and so we were the fourth class that had entered uh, in 2011 
And, you know, going through that, you know, a lot of your courses in the first year or so um, are kind of touching on your basics, whether it be, you know, getting, getting into the therapeutics a little bit, but really going through even a wide range of courses. We even had a computers course. We'd have a uh, professional practice course, uh, okay. learning, oh, learning more about, you know, pharmacy law and that sort of thing. Uh, we'd have a healthcare systems course, learning more about the Ontario and the Canadian healthcare systems. I see. Yeah. Um, and I'm actually pretty passionate about that side of things as well. Um, as far as like, you know, access to care and, you know, what does our system look like? How do you navigate it? I see. Um, yeah. You know, those, those courses were pretty good for introducing us to that and kind of giving a well-rounded scope of, you know, how does pharmacy fit into the healthcare system and yeah, you know, how, how can we improve upon our healthcare system? How can we provide better care? Um, you know, a lot of that has to do with communication and collaboration and being able to connect with other healthcare providers. So, yeah. Yeah. You know, the first year was a good, um, broad scope of all that and then after the first eight months of courses you do a co-op and my first co-op placement was in Strathroy just west of London uh, community pharmacy uh, at that time I had started uh, dating my now wife Lisa oh wow and she uh her you met her in Strathroy no I met her in pharmacy school at Waterloo so she, she was in my class. Oh, wow. Um, we were friends for about the first, you know, six months of pharmacy school. And then, yeah, you know, it, it progressed to going on a date and, you know, here we are <laughs> six years, nearly six years married and two kids. Oh, awesome. And, yeah. Yeah. But, awesome. yeah her, her first co-op was in Ottawa. So I'd often finish work in Strathroy. Yeah. Um, and, you know, a few times during that four month term, I'd, have my stuff all packed up. I'd leave work in Strathroy at <laughs> six thirty, and I'd arrive in the Ottawa area by one one thirty, oh, two wow. o'clock sometimes. Wow! Uh, you know, just so you can see each other and, and yeah, whatnot. Yeah. But um, that's awesome. You know, first first co op was good experience, just getting into a pharmacy and really yeah. getting a sense of you know how care is provided. You know, what does the workflow look like? Okay. Um, you know, I, I reflect back on that and it actually makes me a much better pharmacist, I would say, having went through that experience because you get really a good sense of what what the other duties are in a pharmacy setting. Oh, I more see. The, like more a the lot text. of the stuff you, get, you don't get in the textbook. Is that it? Yeah. So that's that's exactly it. Yeah. So you get more of a sense of like the technical role. You know, okay. from the assist, you know, pharmacy assistant, you know, counting and packaging and filling prescriptions. Uh, I barely even touched the computer system the first four month co op. I really just got familiar with the medications, got yeah. familiar with, you know, customer service, answering the phone, okay. cashing people out. Um, and it really gave me an appreciation for what the other duties are in the pharmacy setting. So, yeah, yeah. You know, I, I, I haven't lost sight of that. I, I still look at those roles with like appreciation and, you know, being pharmacy appreciation month, 
you know, it's, it's not all about the pharmacist that, you know, especially in small towns and in smaller pharmacies, independent pharmacies, it is about the team. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, things run the way they do because of the people around me and myself, but as a unit, we, you know, keep things well organized and make sure we're delivering, delivering high quality care. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, like throughout the four years in Waterloo, there would have been four co-ops. Okay. Uh, one, one in hospital pharmacy. That was the second co-op. And that was at London health science center. Um, at, at, at that time, Lisa also had a co-op in London. So that was oh, nice. well. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> So you weren't driving the six hours, seven hours. No, we weren't driving the six hours. <laughs> um, and then the third co-op was in Hamilton uh, okay. at a farm at a PharmaSave, which is just another independent cha- uh, banner. Okay. Uh, it was that second community pharmacy co-op where I really got affiliated with the computer system and entering prescriptions and billing and all that sort of thing. Yeah, which which again, you know, you get a, a appreciation for how difficult those jobs can be and what challenges can come up. Yeah, yeah. So you really you really don't take it for granted. I mean, you have you know people working next to you that are really going through what is a challenging can be a challenging set of circumstances when you talk about insurance companies and billing prescriptions you run into all sorts of oh i see difficulties which you know you have to pick up the phone call the insurance company have have everything cleared out and okay and fixed and fixed up but yeah yeah so really like at that co-op it gave me a good sense of that aspect of the profession Uh, and then my final co-op was right here in ottawa at uh, cpha which i still follow when you talk about you know, who do you follow on social media? Yeah. Well, I, I follow C, I follow a number of people, but CPHA, uh, Canadian Pharmacist Association on Alta Vista Drive. Okay. Uh, you know, is somewhere where I get, uh, I keep a, an eye on them on social media and it's a good way of getting updated information and whatnot. Okay. And so my role there was really as a student kind of coordinating programs and, I even went out to a school and did kids in medicine program. Okay. So that's essentially, uh, um, actually the school is really right down the street. I can't think of the name of it now, but it was right on Smythe. Okay. And you'd go into like a, you know, grade one or grade two class and you'd teach them about, um, you know, the fact that medication is not candy. If you see something, that's been prescribed for the person that it's been prescribed for. And it's only for them. And, you know, if you see something, if you see something, ask your, ask your parent or guardian before you, before you go touching it. Um, Yeah. You know, they, they had a list of, or they had a, a number of resources that really just depicted, you know, medication safety, but tailored it in a way that would be, I guess, welcomed by, six and seven year olds <laughs> but uh you know and they have lots of the kids at that age they have lots of questions and yeah 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 whatnot yeah. and it's it's quite a 
uplifting experience to be able to, you know, educate, especially at yeah. that level. Yeah. Yeah. But, and then uh, after yeah. that, did you stay in Ottawa then following, following that co-op placement at CPH? So at CPHA, yeah, following that one, it was uh, another four months of, no, another eight months of cor- of courses. Okay. And then we, and then our graduation in August of, well, graduation was in October, but we finished as of August of 2014. Okay. And then, uh, and then that took us to Toronto. Uh, Lisa, my wife, had accepted a residency position at Toronto uh, University Health Network, Toronto Western. Yeah. Um, so she did a residency for a year there. Uh, we lived right smack dab downtown Toronto. Wow. Uh, wow. What was that like? I mean, you're coming from the, I, small, the smaller towns to big town Toronto. Yeah. So it was, it was good. I mean, I was, you know, with us both being in our mid to late twenties at the time, uh, it was good for a year. It was, we both agreed it wasn't somewhere where we were going to stay. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, a a year or two max. Yeah. And uh, so we lived actually about 300 meters from the Rogers center. Oh, wow. Wow. So we got to go to a few Blue Jays games and uh, live right downtown. Uh, okay. And I was I had had done my internship uh, in Mississauga at NKS Health, which is a considered a specialty pharmacy. They deal uh, more in uh, disease states like rheumatoid arthritis and Crohn's disease. A lot oh, of injectable injectable therapies, where you know the the training is a little bit more extensive and having to teach people how to self-administer yeah. those therapies and whatnot. Um, you know, so I'd get in the car and I may drive an hour, two hours, do a training, drive another hour, do another training. Uh, okay. It's quite a unique practice. And uh, so we were in Toronto for a year and I was in that position for a year. And then we got our pharmacy license, uh, you know, passed the PEBC exam, which is the, examining board of Canada's exam. I see. Um, So that was completed in the fall Uh, results in January of uh, 2015. And so I've been practicing pharmacy now for just over six years. Okay. Uh, At the time there, we moved after a year in Toronto, we moved to Metcalf. Okay. So you did come from right from Toronto to Metcalf. Yeah, right from Toronto to Metcalf. Um, you know, it was close enough to to Russell where Lisa grew up, but well, we Yeah, and this we, is we this is 2015. On, this is in 2015, yeah. yeah. Our 20 <laughs> Yeah, actually it was the end of 2015. Yeah, yeah, so it was the end of 2015. 2015. Yeah. 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 And then I um accepted a position at Winchester Seaway uh, Valley Pharmacy with uh, okay. Wayne Wayne and Phil Burns. Okay. And I was there for four years and, you know, living in Metcalf, commuting to Winchester, you can't beat that. It was about 18, <laughs> 18 minutes door to door Yeah. Um, and a small town pharmacy, uh, yeah. fam- nice family run pharmacy, you know, really felt like a lot of what I 
had at home you know like what we the store we had back in wyoming was run by uh, paul marley and uh you know he's since retired now and sold the store but you know at the time he was one of my role models and still is one of my role models okay um you know, he was quite heavily involved with our church and just seemed like he was a guy that uh you know everyone looked to for advice they everyone admired him um you know he was kind to everyone uh, always had time to talk to everybody okay um you know and i try to model a lot of my practice after that you know i i can talk a little too long sometimes but um that's all that's all a okay i think it's part it's all, <laughs> okay. it's all part of what makes coming to Metcalf pharmacy a little bit unique is in the sense that we get to know you by name and yeah yeah definitely whatnot. and uh you know I really look back on my time growing up in Wyoming and um you know Paul Mar Paul Marley being one of my role models and you know from a business side of things my parents being role models as well they had their own business okay um my dad uh started a business fixing lab equipment when his uh the company he was working for uh went bankrupt in okay. 91 i might be yeah. getting the dates wrong but uh, yeah, 91 yeah. and um so he started his own business because he had customers in the sarnia area that would have been forced to really have to hire someone from hours away and pay them for travel and all that yeah all that uh are these medical and, lab medical lab equipment, Todd? That is a great question. So no, with Sarnia being right there in the, they call it the Chemical Valley. There's about, oh, there's less now, but there's at the time there could have been, you know, seven to ten uh, refineries. Okay. Uh, any anyone from Imperial Oil to Suncor, Shell, um, you know, those would be his customers and. You know, you get a good sense, you know, growing up, watching your parents as entrepreneurs, you know, you see how they treat their customers and, you know, handle their day to day. And, you know, we really, always really had a good balance, you know, family, yeah. family was always first. Um, they always had time for my sister and I, and, you know, I do as, as far as role models are concerned, you you try to keep focused on that when your day to day gets very busy. There's always something you could be doing, but you try to make time for your family. Yeah. Uh, yeah well said. Important. So, so you, you guys, both you and Lisa come to, to Ottawa or Madcalf in this, in this specific case. So funny too, because that's the other thing you, you, you know, I know it's 2015 that you came here, because it turns out that the same house that you ended up buying, we looked at and we went right. <laughs> and you put your offer in and we lost the house. Right. <laughs> I for, I'd, for, I'd forgotten that. Yeah. Such a small world. Yeah. Very small world. Yeah. Um, yeah so, right behind the fairgrounds. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it's so funny because when we went to see it, the fair was on. And I had no idea that they had this thing called the Medcalf Fair out here. And we're driving out. And my wife's like, she was quite excited because she's like, oh, my God, is this what they do every Friday night at Metcalf? This is awesome. 
That's funny. So you I, I, let, let's sort of uh, pick up on, you know, you're at the, the Seaway uh, Clinic in Winchester. How does it come about that you end up with the, at the Metcalf, uh, Metcalf Pharmacy? Right. So, yeah, I was there for four years and, you know, as uh, probably in the last, well, we've, I've, we've had the store since October of 2018. And okay. prior to that, prior to that, I had uh, reached out to the previous owner, uh, Rhonda Hicks, and um, just inquired whether they were open to the fact of selling uh, the pharmacy, you know, I, yeah, you know, being from a small town and, you know, living nearby uh, at that time, right in Metcalf, you know, I've since moved to Russell, but, you know, really uh, wanting to be in a community where, you know, I could give back, provide great service, um, be involved in the community, whether it is things like the meet and greet, um, you know, when we can get back to having it and, um, <laughs> And whatnot, uh, being involved in the fair, um, that sort of thing. I mean, it's all those kinds of things that, yeah. you know, when you when you think back, you know, a lot of what makes small town businesses so um, great is the fact that they are in the community, they're involved, you know, people support them, and it was really no different in Wyoming. Okay. Um, okay. So you know that that whole process of you know, talking to the previous owner and kind of navigating through that whole transition period did take some time, but, you know, fortunate enough, we were able to, um, to purchase the store from her and it's all worked out well. And, um, you know, it's nice to be able to have your practice kind of mold it the way you want it. Um, yeah. Put your own signature on it. Yeah. And in a, in a sense, I have been able to do that to a degree so far. And there's lots of things, you know, planned for the future as, as healthcare evolves, you know, we want to, we want to be, you know, on the front lines as far as kind of changing with the profession and being able to offer more services. And, you know, in a lot of sense, since I started pharmacy school in 2011, you know, things have changed quite a bit. And it's, it's okay. a profession that changes quite rapidly. So, yeah, you know, I, I believe in my pharmacy interview, I did quote the fact that I wanted to be, you know, I was keen on being in a profession that was consistently evolving, you know, and particularly over this last year, it's really evolved, but yeah, um, yeah, definitely. you know, it, it, it's a profession that does, you know, have, it's opportunities for learning on an ongoing basis. And that's a lot of what I like about it. It presents a bit of a challenge, but you know, it's one that you take in stride and welcome with open arms. What, what would you say Todd makes uh, the Metcalf pharmacy unique? That is a great question. So as far as being, you know, a community pharmacy in a small town, independent, um, you know, you do kind of, you do take pride in the fact that you're able to tailor your services to the unique needs of your population. And, you know, you get 
to be able to provide a level of service where even if you don't have you know necessarily much to tell somebody about one of their medications you still see them come in the door you wave hello and yeah. you know, ask them how their day is going yeah uh, type thing it's the personal connection which i really like about it um, yeah people aren't just another number you know my work can pile up a little bit sometimes but that's because i really want to take the time with with each person and make them feel like they're you know, welcome. And, um, you know, I, I think back again to my upbringing and my grandfather had taken me around to, uh, his pharmacist, which was in Petroya, uh, again, a small community pharmacy, you know, and that's always how, uh, Bob Newman made you feel. Um, that's always how Paul Marley made you feel. Okay. You know, it's, uh, you go in there and you feel like you're, um, you know, you're known by name. It's not, yeah, yeah. you're this prescription number. Um, so I think that's what makes any small town community pharmacy unique, you know, choosing an independent pharmacy, one that's going to look after your, your healthcare needs and, and really keep a close eye and following up on things and, you know, contacting doctors, connecting with, with, uh, patients, physician, physicians, specialists, Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's having that tailored service and that, um, quality of care and really following up on matters that I think in a smaller pharmacy, when you really know your patients, it, it you do, you are able to provide that higher level of service Yeah, that you don't, yeah. you don't always see some time in the big box stores, but yeah, yeah. And, and would you say that that's, that's a, one of the major differentiators for those people that would go to, you know, the larger big box store pharmacy in town, you don't have that relationship and that rapport and understanding and getting to know them. And yeah, I think it's fewer and far between that you would find, you know, there are some great pharmacists that work for those companies, but on the whole, yeah, you know, it's uh it's more of a when you're a little bit of a when you're when you have a bit more autonomy on how you operate and how you staff and uh, that sort of thing um, and you have an understanding for the community you know that's kind of where you form your niche is um, you know having a good grasp of you know who who are your patients what are their needs yeah uh, how can you how can you meet them um, when you get into the, into the city, into a bigger pharmacy, uh, that almost becomes a lot more difficult to like to key in on. Yeah. 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 What, what's changed with, with COVID in, in the past, in the past year, uh, with the pharmacy? Well, going back to about around this time last year, you're, you know, we're in the first at that time, we were in the first couple of weeks of them declaring it a pandemic. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, one thing we had to quickly do for the safety of our staff and our patients was put up plexiglass. Um, oh, yeah, right, right, right. You know, we did, we were fortunate where we had it a lot earlier than some other places. Um, 
you know, I called the, I called a place in Ember and by, just by chance, they had exactly the piece of plexiglass I needed. He cut it, he cut, <laughs> it in half. he cut it in half and that, that basically, you know, was able to go up at the two counters where, you know, we're face to face with people. Yeah. Um, and that initially provided a level of security that, uh, you know, made ourselves and patients feel a little bit safer. Um, you know, implementing things like you know, how many people can be in the store at a time, trying to um, offer more curbside pickup. Um, I did hop in my vehicle and offer delivery uh, every Wednesday for a matter of about four or five months through the the peak of the first couple waves or the first wave in a bit. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, I was fortunate I had the time to be able to do that. And I did get to deliver to a lot of our blister packaging uh, patients in particular, which, you know, it, it's something that, uh, you know, you didn't really want them having to leave the home at that time if they, if they could help it. Yeah. So, yeah. You know, um, it's been different, but I think, you know, in a stepwise fashion, as time went on, we just developed more safety measures um, and kind of went with, you know, what was happening and kind of kept our, our eyes on, you know, the news and what public health is recommending. And, um, you know, now they've got more of set guidelines in place, depending on what level we're in, whether it be red, gray, yellow, yeah. Um, you know, it, it, it does fluctuate and you got to be on your toes time to time. Yeah. It does change. And, you know, at the same time, we've been fortunate in our business that we are able to continue to operate. Um, you know, I, lot, I know a lot of other places have had difficult, like have, have kind of fallen on difficult times between the lockdowns. But um, yeah, we, I mean, having that safety measure in place from the beginning yeah um you know we just kind of went with what the guidelines would recommend and um you know that seemed to you know kind of you know clear things up as far as making things a little bit more uh, streamlined and safe on an ongoing day-to-day basis okay okay what what about the 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 vaccines as they're getting uh, rolled out, uh, rolled out here, um, albeit at a little bit of a slower pace. Is that right. something that's possibly coming to to Medcalf or? Have so you it is. Heard it, yeah, it is a great question, and we've been getting you know a lot of inquiries about it, and rightfully so. Um, you know, there is a lot of information in the news, which anytime you get information coming at you from every which way, I can understand why the you know, the public is, public can be a little bit, um, I guess, unsure at times as to what exactly is happening. How should they book? Where should they book? Who's eligible? Um, You know, and we do want to try to be able to provide that service as it sits currently. You've got um, Toronto, Kingston, and Windsor-Essex that are able to provide vaccine uh, 60 and six age of 60 and over, okay. uh, which currently as it sits currently is just the AstraZeneca vaccine due to 
storage requirements. Okay. Um, but they're going to continue what we've been hearing, I guess, in our communication is that over the next few weeks, as we progress through the end of April, that a greater number of pharmacies across the province will be able to administer uh, the AstraZeneca vaccine in particular. Um, and so over the next few weeks, we should know more. And that's what okay. we've been letting people know is that, you know, we don't have all the information we need just yet. The province is still going with these particular regions. Uh, but once it is to the point where um, the rest of the province can do it, they're going to select pharmacies based on, you know, what their, I guess, capacity is for being able to vaccinate and decide, you know, which sites would be best. Um, okay. and we, and we hope that we can provide that service in some capacity. Yeah. I mean, we do, re we do recognize that we're, you know, a smaller store, um, but there are ways you can get creative on that, whether it's opening a little later or opening on a Sunday or, and really yeah. at that point, opening just for vaccinations, not for, yeah, that's what I was going to say. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Because it is, I know what stores currently are having are having to go through the ones that are in the pilot program uh, would have to kind of juggle the um, complexity of, you know, how do you schedule? Uh, what do you use to schedule? How do you create a wait list? Um, how do you contact or communicate, communicate with patients to book appointments? And, you know, as it sits now, um, our information and what we're able to get as far as uh, guidance is concerned uh, does involve uh, a couple of different booking platforms. Um, one of which that we'll probably implement as a way of creating a wait list, uh, not as a way of guaranteeing appointments, but as a way of seeing who's interested and then being able to email people um, I see. I see. Or, or call. And there will be a way of not doing it online for, you know, people that, may be interested but yeah you know if we if we do get the go-ahead to be able to administer vaccines i guess the point being is that there's a lot of work going into it currently uh, behind the scenes uh, as it pertains to planning uh, scheduling um, having this online booking platform you know getting familiar with it how to set it up what are the ministry requirements for uh, Covaxon, which is essentially a booking, uh, not a booking, but a a way of tracking who's received what when. I see. At the okay. at the provincial level. So for anybody out there that's already gotten their vaccine, I mean, you would have been required to answer, you know, a, a number of questions, which you know pertain to your personal information that then gets put into the centralized database, which is Covaxon. I see. Okay. And so the biggest thing now also is having a lot of these places trained in that system because the onus is going to be on the particular site to enter all that into the database. So it will look a little bit different than your typical flu shot season. Okay. It is, okay. It's involved. It is involving a lot of logistics and a lot of work with, you know, between scheduling, uh, documenting, yeah, uh, it's all it's all necessary for them to be able to find out who's got yeah, what when sure. and who's, yeah, for sure, you know, scheduling for the second dose. That's the big. Question yeah, exactly. Well. Well, I was going to say, yeah, exactly. You know, yeah, yeah. The, be the best practice there would be actually booking the second dose when you're 
booking the first one. Right. Or, yep. or when they come in for their first one. Yeah. So they've completed it and now they're on their way out and here's the next one. Yeah. So we hope to be able to provide it in some capacity. Okay. Um, we'll likely be able to give more information in the next few weeks and we'll probably do that via social media and, you know, by notice in the, in the store itself. Um, yeah. And we hope we're able to provide it in some capacity. I mean, it's just offering people another way of being able to get vaccinated close to home. Um, at the same time, the Ottawa public health is a great resource. They're going to continue to inch their way down and eligibility and offering vaccine appointments. It's now 75 and over, you know, okay. soon it'll be, soon it'll be 70 and up 70 to 75, yep. you know, 65 and up. Uh, and so between those public health efforts and pharmacy, uh, vaccinating, um, you know, we should be able to get a greater percentage of the population vaccinated sooner is the yeah. thought. Yeah. Uh, you know, in Ottawa public health, I know that, uh, they've just recently posted some local clinics, which I think booked up relatively quickly. Um, one in Greeley, Osgood, um, Navin and a few other rural centers. Yeah. And it would be my hope that, you know, they did that for this cohort, but they would also hopefully do that for the coming cohorts. Yeah. Um, you know, cause it really offers people a more comfortable place to, to drive to, you know, not everybody's comfortable navigating their way into downtown. So, but we'll see. I mean, it'll be, a, it'll be a collective effort and, um, you know, we hope to be a part of that. Yeah. Yeah. That's excellent. That's excellent. If, if someone was uh, starting a business today, Todd, what, what advice would, would you give them? So I would tell them that, you know, you're always going to have, it's good to have goals. Uh, you'll have your long-term like five-year or longer goals. You'll have your short-term goals and, you know, in business, it is pretty easy to think about all that and want to have it all at once. Um, sometimes you can get kind of caught up and, and, uh, you know, thinking ahead and wanting to have everything put in place. And it is a bit of a process. You do got to kind of take things, you know, one day at a time, set measurable goals, um, you know, have an idea on timeline and what you want to achieve and really just make a list and knock off one thing at a time. Um, you you can't get too caught up, caught up in it because, uh, you know, before you know it, you're thinking years ahead when, all you can really focus on and deal with is right now. Yeah. Yeah. No, very, no, um, no, very well said dealing with the here and now. Yeah. 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 What, what three things would you say have had the biggest impact on, on your success thus far? Uh, I'd say just having that um, growing up in a small town, you know, interacting with, people whether it's through community related activities or church or that sort of thing like having that community having that communication piece and that um you know collaborating with people um piece early on 
yeah. uh, really, really made, um, you know, my empathy for people and caring for people uh, is quite important to me. And I think that kind of made or put together the building blocks for, you know, focusing in on a career in healthcare. Okay. Um, you know, my role models and, and, and certainly play play a big role in that. And, you know, I think back to, um, you know, going through university and, you know, having those experiences and, yeah. you know, that sort of thing. I think that really shaped, you know, how, how I understand other people, how okay. you can understand yeah, well different said. cultures, yeah. um, people from different backgrounds. Yeah. Uh, you really have like a strong sense for, you know, how, you know, everybody comes from a place that could be a little bit different, you know, an upbringing that's a bit different. Yeah. And you really just get like a sense for uh, being empathetic towards people. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and other than that, I mean, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm pretty keen on getting involved and, and wanting to be uh, a helping hand for people. Yeah, that's well said. Well said. Any Todd, any books you'd recommend to anybody? Doesn't add obviously not pharmacy related. If you wanted to <laughs> recommend some pharmacy related books, go right ahead. Yeah, I wouldn't. Re- I wouldn't recommend the CPS <laughs> Compendium of Pharmaceutical <laughs> or the Merck uh, Manual or something. Yeah, the Merck Manual. <laughs> yeah, no, I wouldn't recommend that. I mean, certainly they they serve their purpose, and you flip to the page you need. But um, yeah, no, I don't. Uh, if I'm going to be doing any reading, it's probably, um, I have in the past enjoyed a good biography. Yeah. Yeah. You know, whether it be someone in, you know, someone in business or someone in sport or that sort of thing, you know, leadership, leadership related, uh, okay. You know, biographies of how people have went about their business and done things. Um, I don't read probably as much as I should, but my, my four-year-old and two-year-old daughters uh, do keep me quite occupied, which I'm completely fine with. I enjoy spending time with them too. Uh, you know, there's nothing like a good children's book either. I was I was going to suggest really. that, like learning ABCs or the hundred first yeah. words. <laughs> yeah, they're both learning French as well, so I'm kind of learning French alongside them. Um, okay. You know, through and no better way than a children's a yeah. French children's book to. Yeah, to learn a little bit of your basic French, but yeah, I mean, either, sorry? No, I was going to say any movies or series that you'd recommend, like everyone's kind of stuck inside and. Well, that's a great question. So, (laughs) I mean, we do have, like everyone else, kind of gone to the streaming services. Uh, (laughs) Nothing comes to mind in particular. Um, You know, a good. I do enjoy like a good documentary and nothing in particular comes to mind, but uh, we do have our shows that uh, we like to record as well, whether it's, you know, Chicago fire, Chicago PD. Okay. Uh, Once in a while I will kind of bring down my guard and watch Grey's Anatomy with my wife. (laughs) 
but uh, you know, it's all about spending time together. It's not really about what's on. You know, it's, it's interesting you say that I'm just, I'm, and I'm not picking on the show. I've, I've <laughs> admittedly, I've never seen Grey's Anatomy. Uh, yeah. My daughter's a huge fan of the show. Um, yeah. But do you find if you watch this, cause I've, I've heard this from some people um, that they won't watch a show that reminds them a lot of work. Cause it just seems like they're watching work. Did, do, do you right. find that or? I don't find that quite as much. I think, okay. Um, you know, maybe pharmacy is just not interesting enough. They don't really, Hollywood <laughs> doesn't really portray a pharmacy. <laughs> I guess Larry David in uh, curb your enthusiasm did end up in a pharmacy at one point, but uh, yeah, no, it doesn't really, I don't shy away from shows like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, it's really just about anything that can kind of, take your mind away from your day-to-day busy life and, you know, spending time together and, you know, we enjoy as a family going for walks and taking, taking hikes and that sort of thing. The kids really enjoy that with the warmer weather coming, it should be good to get outside and spend some time outdoors off, off the screens. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Any other hobbies or interests that you guys enjoy? So we do enjoy camping as well. We have a trailer. Uh, and the kids have really enjoyed that, uh, even from a young age, um, yeah. you know, getting out, bringing their bikes with them, biking around the campsite and on one of those balance bikes, which they get flying around on. And, um, <laughs> but yeah, we have, uh, friends in town here too, that, uh, enjoy the same. So, yeah, you know, yeah, in this nice. past year, that was actually quite a good distance related ac- activity. You could get out and be you know, separated from other people enough. You had your own little bathroom that you could use and you didn't really have to. And the parks had had kind of at that point in the summer really honed in on safety and had measures in place. So yeah, uh, yeah. it was a good activity to get outdoors and try to forget about 2020. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it's but, very true. Uh, yeah. Very, very true. Very true. Any, any favorite, uh, foods, restaurants, uh, you know, it's, it's you're going to order Todd's order and take out for the family. What are you ordering and where are you ordering? Geez, you think, you think, I, <laughs> you think, you think my roots would be Italian. Cause I love to eat, <laughs> but, uh, Todd, the no, Italians got, will take anybody. You're, you're more than welcome. <laughs> I wish I had a little Italian in me, but I know I'm you know, part, part Dutch, part Welsh, part, <laughs> English, uh, okay. It's got part part Scottish, but uh, no, I enjoy. There's nothing like a good pizza. I mean, just oh, just awesome. so has it that conveniently uh, there's one located right next door, which you know I <laughs> I, I would say I'm a pretty good supporter without uh, <laughs> eating, eating too much pizza. But uh, we try to support some of the local yeah businesses very nice. in town too. Uh, Metcalf Pizza. Um, you know, the stable, uh, there are some yeah. good restaurants nearby. Yeah. I do enjoy a good burger. Yeah. Um, but you know, getting to the point now where I do, I can't eat like I did in my twenties, I've got to kind of watch things too, but, <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, I it, it'll be nice when we can finally get out. And I think it is the social aspect around yeah, getting out to eat, which people really miss. And it will be nice when we can yeah. finally get back to that point, but yeah, yeah, yeah nothing like a good uh, a good meal. And speaking of Italian, we had our honeymoon years back there in uh, 
Greece and Italy. And oh, very nice. Nothing, so there was a homemade um, Italian lunch, which was part of this um, package of like a tour package. Okay. So they took, they would take us around and it was actually a wedding gift from um, friends of Lisa's parents and they had given okay. us some money and they said, you got to do this tour. So up the Positano, up the winding road into this little family run Italian yeah. restaurant. And it was some yeah. of the best pasta I think you'd ever have. <laughs> and uh, oh, I think everything awesome. was, everything was grown on that, on that little farm and on that little piece of property, except yeah, for the yeah. black pepper. It's all fresh. That yeah, the, yeah. That was the only thing that they didn't, you know, hand yeah. pick from there. Yeah. So yeah. incredible. Yeah. Okay. Anybody on social media or is, or a platform you'd recommend? Uh, so I do, we do kind of tend to steer a little more to, to Facebook, but I do like Instagram more for its quick, um, you know, snapshots of yeah informa- information, um, you know, following, you know, other local community uh, businesses, uh, following some Ottawa related businesses, uh, following some people in the pharmacy world and trying to bounce ideas off each other. Uh, LinkedIn's good for that as well. Yeah. Um, you know, I try not to spend too much time. It's probably more so between, um, you know, either making the odd post on Facebook or, uh, going on LinkedIn. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, other than that, um, no, I do enjoy like at least staying connected with people in that nature. Uh, and you try at the same time, you try not to look at it too much because you can kind of get a little carried away and yeah, definitely. You know, I can eat scroll, a lot of scrolling time. and scrolling and scrolling. <laughs> yeah. And but, the scrolling uh, will never stop. Yeah. When, when people hear the name Todd Richardson, what do you hope they will say? Uh, they would say that, um, you know, he'd always make time for them. He's kind, caring. Um, I think that type of thing actually made it into my mom's and dad's wedding speech. <laughs> but, um, you know, I guess by, by way of being their son, they have to, they have to think the world of me. But <laughs> um, no, and it does bring up a good point. I think back to that. And, you know, I just want to be thought of as, you know, being someone that will always take the time to say hello. Uh, you know, we'll care for your well-being and the well-being of your family. And, um, you know, always just, you know, re- reliable in the sense where, you know, you know that I'll always make time. Todd, that was very well said. Very well said. And uh, I thank you for coming on the show here and sharing uh, sharing your story uh, with uh, with the audience. Uh, much much appreciated. I wish you um, much success here in 2021 and beyond. Uh, hopefully the the vaccine rollout uh, you know does come to town here and you guys have uh, have it all under control and it's a little little bit um, a little bit brighter times ahead as well. Todd, thanks very much for for joining us and sharing uh, your story here. 
Thank you so much, Paul. I'm an avid listener. <laughs> that is excellent. Thanks very much. We appreciate it. Definitely appreciate it. No problem. For those in the audience looking for additional information from our guest today, Todd Richardson and the Metcalf Pharmacy, you can find the Metcalf Pharmacy on the web at www.metcalfpharmacy.ca. That's www.metcalfpharmacy.ca. You can also reach them by email at metcalfpharmacy.ca at gmail.com. That's Metcalf Pharmacy, all one word together, at gmail.com. They're located in person at 8206 Victoria Street in Metcalf, Ontario. Telephone 613-821-1224. Telephone 613-821-1224. And you can also find them on social media on both Facebook and Instagram at Metcalf Pharmacy. Thank you very much for taking the time to listen to this episode of the Ottawa Business Podcast. We truly hope you found something of value in the show that you can use in your business or personal life. Please remember to like and subscribe to the show. We're on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or your favorite player. Thank you.